The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 22nd chapter. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, who also came to test him, they gathered together, and one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. So, once again, the religious leaders have come to test or trap Jesus. They ask this question, which commandment is the greatest? And I'm not sure exactly what they were hoping for in Jesus' answer. Uh, but once again, he has no problem threading this needle of speaking truth while also avoiding their test. Right? Jesus doesn't create some kind of new greatest commandment. Instead, he remembers back. He remembers back to God's word for the people from long ago. He quotes from the ancient Hebrew scriptures in the book of Deuteronomy. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And then when we hear that, that word, long ago when it was given, God had told the people to recite these words from God to your children and to talk about them when you are at home and to talk about them when you're away, when you lie down and when you rise. So God had given them habits and customs that they were to do to help them remember who their God is and who they were as God's people in a world that so often is pulling us away from that. So Jesus calls that to mind when he says, love the Lord your God with your heart, soul, mind, and strength with everything you've got. Yeah, but Jesus doesn't stop there at the greatest commandment, right? He goes on. Because loving God with all of who we are impacts how we live and move in the world, impacts how we treat those around us. So Jesus follows it up with another key scripture, again from long, long ago, that we express our love for God through living out love and care for the people around us. So Jesus quotes from the book of Leviticus when he, said, when he adds in, the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, everything hangs on these two commandments. So Jesus remembers these words of love from God, which shaped his life and are meant to continually shape our own. Yeah, and thinking about the remembering back, so much of these commands are in remembering, and often memories are really like sensory Right? I, I wonder if you've ever had an experience, and I wonder if you've ever had an experience where you've heard something or smelled something or tasted something, and, and it just connects to a memory that you've had yeah. in the past. Whenever I think about that, I think of orange soda. I know you all say pop, but I've trained myself to say soda, so <laughs> orange soda. Uh, orange soda. Whenever I drink it, it, all of a sudden it's almost like I'm transported back in my mind to my aunt's house. When I was growing up, I didn't get to drink soda hardly at all at home, but when I went to my aunt's so house, I got orange soda. And so whenever I taste it, it's almost like I'm back in that kitchen. I can picture her opening the fridge and getting it for me. And of course, tasting that, it, that memory that comes to mind is not about the orange soda. It's about that time with family that was gathered together, a family that supports me. And I think 
in the communion meal, I think something similar happens, right? Jesus tells us to receive communion in remembrance of him. Do this to remember me, he says. But he's not just talking about this kind of intellectual remembering. It's this kind of physical and experiential remembering, right? When the words are spoken over the bread and wine of communion, the Holy Spirit works in a way that makes Jesus present there for us. So we become a part of it. Jesus meets us in that meal and then sends us out to live in the world as a community of people filled with his forgiveness and new life. And then we receive God's blessing to then go out and live it. And so the same is true. We have some young people at our 1030 service who are going to be affirming the promises that were made to them in their baptism. And the same is true with, with that. You know, I think we often hear people say, well, remember your baptism And so many of us in the Lutheran Church might have been baptized as infants. Of course, we can't consciously remember that. But when we say that, it's actually about remembering our identity that God gave us in that baptism. That through the word spoken over us in baptism, the Holy Spirit worked through that word to completely welcome us and give us this identity as child of God, follower of Jesus forever, And so we come here for worship to remember and experience that identity again together so that we can leave here and live it. Yeah, something we heard a lot in the faith statements and conversations that we had with the young people as they were preparing to affirm their baptism today was this importance of remembering. Something each one of them talked about in a different way. Many faith statements talked about the importance of remembering the blessings that God has given us, or remembering this constant loving presence of God. Conversations with young people talked about their desire to remember to practice their faith through prayer or asking Jesus to be with them as they play their sport or as they take a test or for Jesus to walk with them as they move through the halls and talk with friends. One of them even wrote a song about remembering God's love and kindness for us. And so Kara gave us permission to share this with you today. So Kara Kostorik wrote this song, and here's what it's called, and I'll read the lyrics. It's called, He is Our God. Sometimes you go through hard times only to find out that he was with you all along. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, he will always be right by your side. Because he is forgiving, he is kind, he is generous, he is bright, he is our God, he is our light. Even when it looks dim, even when nothing seems right, he will be there to help you out. No matter how lost you are, no matter where you've been, he will protect you through it all. Because he is forgiving, he is kind, he is generous, he is bright, he is our God, he is our light. Sometimes you go through hard times only to find out that he was with you all along. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, he will always be right by your side because he is forgiving, he is kind, he is generous, he is bright, he is our God, he is our light. And we got to hear Kara sing that song, and I don't know about for you, but the whole rest of the day, the words and the melody of that song kept going through my mind, that refrain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that memory, that remembering that, and the way that 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 music can help us remember those things about God, too. And I think Kara's song, like so many, tells a story of God who is with us, God who is always with us and there. One thing we heard from 
the faith statements and the projects of the students that we're preparing for today is that uh, they want to remember that presence of God, remember that God is forgiving and kind, that he is our light by serving others, by helping others. And there was a powerful story uh, in the ELCA magazine recently about a mother and her five children down in Florida uh, whose life was totally upended by Hurricane Michael in 2018. Uh, it was a Category 5 hurricane that came and struck the panhandle of Florida, uh, and it completely destroyed their home. And she was approached uh, not long after by Lutheran Disaster Response, which offerings from Calvary here have gone to support. Uh, and they built her a completely new house. Uh, they walked alongside her in that deep grief and loss and were able to restore that sense of home for her. She broke down in tears. She said, it's been such a blessing to us and our family. She said, I don't know where we'd be without LDR. She said, I, I tried to get help, but it's hard on your own. And I think that's such a powerful statement, a powerful statement of, of longing and yearning. That struck me, that it's, it's hard on your own. And I think we've all felt times where, where things aren't going our way and it's hard on our own. But thankfully, I think this, the promise of this Christian community is that we're brought into relationship with God and with one another so that we're never on our own. That we're always walking alongside one another. Definitely. And I think um, in addition to how the church is connected across the world, I was reminded recently I came across a story that some of us heard in our synod at a workshop we were attending and I shared it once here before, but I'd completely forgotten this story, and so I want to share it again now. So a pastor in our synod had shared about a woman who had spent her childhood growing up as part of a church, kind of like our church here. But she ended up moving several states away in her teenage years, and life ended up being very hard for her there. So a few years after that, she moved back. She drove, well, she didn't move back. She drove back and had nowhere to go. So she went to the place where her church was, but it had been torn down. Police officer came and said, you can't stay here for the night in this parking lot. And she said, but my church was here. Well, he knew where her church had been moved to, and so he told her where to go. And so she spent the night with her children in her car in that church parking lot. And then Sunday morning came, and someone came to unlock the building, and they saw her and her children, and they remembered her. They remembered her from back when she was a child in that church. And they brought them in and within a few hours had them set up at a homeless shelter and provided all that she needed. And this is what it means to be church. It's just one more example of why we are so much stronger together than we are just us and Jesus alone. It's living out this love for God and for our neighbor in a very real way. Now the story of that woman went on. And the pastor telling it shared that he got a call several years later. And the person asked if he knew her. And he said, yeah, is she asking for money? And they said, no, actually she needs a reference to go to seminary. She wants to become a pastor. And he said when they started that church, he had no idea what would happen. No idea the kind of impact that it would make. And he said if her life was the only one for which that church had made a difference, it was worth it. We know that we don't come here to worship just to feel good in worshiping or to like check off our box. Okay, got that done for the week. I worshiped this week. We come because it's about God. 
It's God's word that brings us together so that we are not alone. And through this word, the Holy Spirit reforms and reshapes us to be a people who not only care about those closest to us, but about others here and God's people across the world. And we all can probably think of some other ways to live this out in our own lives, and we'd like to invite you to think about a couple ways to do that beyond today. Yeah, each, each of the students who are affirming their baptism today, who are celebrating confirmation, they have their names listed in the bulletin. So I'd invite you uh, to take that home, take that bulletin home and pray for those young people who are listed there. Maybe for the next week or so, you pray for uh, the 10 of them each day, or maybe you pray for one person a week for the next 10 weeks, or however you want to set it up, but to be invited into that prayer practice, invited into that practice of remembering this community of faith. Uh, and I'd invite, uh, we're going to invite later on those uh, who are affirming their baptism to pray for one another, because it's this powerful way that we can remember how connected we are. And just a, a simple prayer, uh, like, God, please watch over Braden and Kaya and Kara and everyone who is uh, being confirmed. God, watch over our neighbor. God, watch over those who we care about. It's a way to remember, to embody, to live out this love and care for God and our neighbor. And then another thing that the students preparing for affirmation of baptism today, another thing they did is they wrote a thank you letter to someone who impacted their faith in their life. For some people, it was a confirmation guide or a mentor or a Sunday school teacher from long ago or even a friend who shared their faith with them or a family member. And it was so powerful for us to get to hear those words of appreciation to those who had helped them love Jesus and live out care for others. And as I was thinking about this, I remembered that I once had received a letter like that I was 18 years old, a freshman in college, and my cousin wrote to me, thanking me for helping her with her faith and for teaching her the Lord's Prayer. And it was so meaningful to me to get that letter, and the thing was, I had no idea I taught her the Lord's Prayer. I didn't remember doing that. And I think that reminds all of us that we don't know the impact that we have on people around us, how much something small we do for someone can help them love Jesus more or care for the people around them. And so I wonder, what if every one of us here took an example from the young people who will be here at the second service? What if every one of us here wrote a short thank you note or an email or even a text to one other person who helped us in our faith and gave thanks for them? And then what if we each sought in some small way to do what that person did for us to do that for one other person. It's things like this that are the tangible ways that we can show love and care for one another. And, and Jesus knows we'll never do this perfectly, right? The call is not to love God and love your neighbor perfectly with no mistakes forever and ever. But gathered with all the people of faith and gathered with those who have gone before us, we commit and we recommit. It's about the act of faithfulness, faithfully returning to this commitment to love God and to love our neighbor, not just for us, not just for uh, the 10th graders who are affirming their baptism today, for each and every one of us. Jesus' invitation extends out to each and every one of us to remember who you are. You're a child of God. You're a follower of Jesus, welcomed and loved now and forever. And so we say thanks be to God.
Amen.